Welcome into the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal Saints here alongside Justin Barney, and we are into countdown to NFL draft mode. It is officially April. The draft is just a couple of weeks away, yeah, Justin. Three weeks away, and it's, I'm just so ready to turn the page from last season. I mean, there's the, every movement around the stadium. If you've driven by the uh, TIA Bank Field, there's so much going on around there. Stadium cool. roads being uh, diverted. There just seems to be such change going on around the stadium and that's a pretty good I think metaphor for what's going on in that Jaguars organization and it starts with I guess it really started with free agency but it really starts with the draft to me. It really does and I mean speaking of that construction one of the things that we've been talking a little bit about this week the Jaguars moving training camp up the road to Episcopal at that night sports complex because they don't have anywhere to practice right now because their practice fields are part of the construction so those training camp practices going to hit the road a little bit practice at a local high school field uh Jaguars are going to resode it put in the goal posts and stuff to try and make it a little nice that's nice of them yeah I did in the NFL teams at high school facilities nothing new it's happened before with the Jaguars and I remember back in 2005 when the New England Patriots came here and trained at Bartram Trail High School. So it's pretty neat that the area uh, has shared a little bit of that wealth. The Jaguars actually uh, held a couple uh, or held a scrimmage at uh, Bartram Trail High School one night too. Uh, the infamous Blake Bortles threw five training camp interceptions Ooh. that night as well. So oh, it's neat goodness. to see some of these high schools get uh, get a little bit of that NFL treatment. All right. Before that, though, obviously the NFL draft. So uh, the Jaguars with that number one pick, I think at this point we've kind of gotten it down to where it's like one of four players. It's either going to be Evan Neal, Akeem Aquanu, those are your two offensive linemen, or it's Aiden Hutchinson. And it doesn't seem like Kayvon Thibodeau is really in that conversation yeah, at this anymore. point. It's seems like it's Trayvon Walker from Georgia. So we've got the four. Let's go wide, and then we'll, we'll zone in. Let's go offense or defense first. So, I mean, you can make an argument that you go either direction. I think this draft is a little bit better with defensive talent mm-hmm. than offensive talent this year, but the Jaguars have needs on both sides of the ball. And, you know, in free agency, they did cover some bases. You know, Darius Williams for depth in the uh, the secondary. Um, we saw a defensive line addition. We saw a linebacker uh, to replace Miles Jack. Um, but you saw that offense really attended to uh, significantly offseason. And then really that had to be. I mean, you go back and listen to our News for Jacks podcast last year after games. I mean, it, it's been pretty well known that we are much in favor of an offensive overhaul, and I think you address that some of that in free agency. Yep. But I think the biggest part of the offensive overhaul comes in the draft. Um, you've got to add some playmakers. You've got to add some support. I don't know if you you go offense at number one. Um, I do think both sides of the ball need it. Um, defense wasn't touched as much in free agency, so uh, maybe you maybe look towards defense with that number one overall pick. Yeah, I mean, right now, as, as I look at the roster, the the biggest need is that linebacker. I mean, I I know you added Foye Oliokum, but you need another linebacker. Like it, outside of Foye, who's there? Yeah, nobody. There's nobody. nobody. I mean, you, you, at this point, we're going to like Shaq Quarterman, who you know he's played a little bit in his NFL career, but he's played a lot more special teams than defensive. Plays and I mean they got nothing else outside of that. So I mean that I think by far that's the biggest need. But there's no linebacker that's even close to the conversation for a top ten pick in this year's draft. So I mean maybe at 33 we can have the conversation of is that the point to get a linebacker? Um, but before then we have to basically it's either a pass rusher or an offensive mm-hmm. lineman. Um, both have value. 
I think the, the Cincinnati Bengals definitely uh, turned away from that offensive line pick last year and went with the wide receiver. Wish there was a Jamar Chase kind of oh, guy man. this year. Yes. But uh, if it's me, I think you go pass rusher. I think um, you bolster that defense, go with the best player available. I, I We just did our, our kind of news for Jags mock draft, and I, I had the first pick, and I said it was Trayvon Walker. I don't think I would do that. But I do think that he has the athletic traits. I think there's so much smoke and connection starting to, to build here that maybe the Jaguars are thinking that they might want to do that. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if it's Trayvon Walker. I think it's, at this point, it's, um, in, my, in my opinion, I think it would be Aiden Hutchinson at that number one spot. Um, is it a home run pick? No, but I think he's a, um, I don't think he's a J.J. Watt by any stretch of uh, the imagination, but I do think he could be a, a double figure sack of your guy. And uh, to me, I think when you go that route, you unlock Josh Allen's potential. Um, we saw that his first year as a rookie when he was paired with Yannick and, and Gakwe and Calais Campbell and how that allowed him to run free and stuff. So you don't have that now. Um, you Dwan Smoot, Josh Allen, nice to have that pairing, but um, I think an Aiden Hutchinson type player, you know what you're going to get with him. I think Trayvon Walker's a little bit more projection at this point of what he can be. Um, so I think Aiden Hutchinson with that number one pick makes more sense. Obviously, I think anybody would, would want to trade down in this draft if you're a Jaguars guy, but I don't think that's happening. Yeah, they're saying the phones aren't ringing. Uh, the only reason that I, I kind of lean away from Hutchinson is because I just have no idea exactly what this hybrid aggressive defense is going to look like. Like, Are, are we thinking 3-4? Are we thinking 4-3? Because Hutchinson's not a guy that I want standing up. Mm -hmm. If his hand's in the dirt as a defensive end every play, I'm fine. He'll tell him, go forward, you're good. He can't go side to side. That's yep. not his strength. Um, that's the only thing that worries me is do, what does Mike Caldwell think and what does his system look like for a guy like Hutchinson? Like mm -hmm. Josh Allen, he can play linebacker, he put his hand in the dirt, I'm fine either way. Um, Walker, I'd be fine either way. I mean, he's big, athletic, he doesn't have the production. Like you said, it's completely projection with him. Uh, so, I mean, once the, the Jaguars have that first pick in the book, what, no matter what direction we go, uh, they, they aren't on the clock, slated to be on the clock again until 33. That 33rd pick going to be an important one because essentially it's a first-round pick just without the fifth-year option, yes, right? Yep. So the Jaguars kind of have a day to think about it, but a lot of times you, as soon as the first round wraps up, you have a pretty good idea who mm -hmm. that guy's going to be. So let's have the same conversation again. At 33, are you thinking offense or are you thinking defense at this point? If, you know, if the draft goes, and let's just pretend it goes to how our News for Jags mock draft went, and we're sitting there and we have our choice at a top cornerback, uh, still on the board, we have a, a choice at uh, you know one of the the smattering of receivers, kind of the tail end of first round or the the high value second round guys, or do you go on that defensive side of the ball and, and continue to try to build there? Um, I think if you're addressing defense with that number one pick, you have to do something on the offensive side of the ball. Kind of my strategy in Jacksonville has been. You take the best player available at number one, whether that's Hutchinson or what um, what have you. Um, I think it's Hutchinson in this draft. So you take Hutchinson there, and you add the best receiver left on the board in that second round. I think you need a, um, a receiver that Trevor can grow with, can depend on, not one of the high-value money guys, not a Christian Kirk kind of contract, but a guy like a DJ Chark who can come in here and, and establish himself. So I think you, um, you pay attention to the best player in the draft at number one, uh, whoever it may be, um, I think it's one of the defensive guys, Aiden Hutchinson, like I said, uh, and then best receiver available to start the second round. My ultimate scenario would be, you know, if it gets into that mid-20s and Jameson Williams still there, 
contemplate moving moving up into the end of that first round and get him. And I've seen projections for him all over the board, anywhere from 13 down to where the Packers pick their second pick um, at the end of that first round. So I, I, I would be. I think he kind of falls somewhere in there. I think he's probably in that 18 to 21 range, uh, perhaps, and that's probably a little bit too high to go up and grab him if you're Jacksonville. But I, my scenario is best defensive guy at number one, and then make a play on Jamison Williams if it gets to the point where it thinks you know where they're thinking they could get him in that uh, latter half of the first round. There's so much volatility when you start talking about wide receivers. There's going to end up being a run on these guys, and like that. That late teens, early 20s, like four or five of them are going to just start flying off the board because teams are like, I'm not going to get him in the second round. And that's how it typically ends up happening because, you know, guys like Jamison Williams, yeah, you you have to wait on him, but he's talented. Guys like Traylon Burks, there's questions about him, but he's talented. And, you know, Christian Watson, he's big, talented, questions about competition level. He's fast and can run. He's there. There's going to be a lot of first round picks. I think there's going to be a glut of them around like 18 to like 23. It, it wouldn't yeah, and, surprise and me if there's three or four that's, receivers. That's where that I see that boards. that Jamison yeah. Williams. I don't think he's in that that upper crust, that first slice of the first round where he's in that top 13 to 15 picks. Yeah, I do think it comes to the point where it's that run on receivers, uh, the Traylon Burks, the Jamison Williams. Those guys going into that 18 to kind of 23, 25 range, I do think it'll be, like you said, it's going to be that burst of receivers, and um, I think that's where Jameson Williams goes. See, and I'm going to go a different route here because I think that I think this 33rd pick almost definitely is going to end up being defense. Uh, even if you picked in, even if you pick Hutchinson, I don't care if you pick Evan Neal or Aquanu at one. I think thirty three is almost definitely going to be defense because I think the majority of the talent at wide receiver is going to be off the board by the time you get to thirty three. Uh, I am very interested if Williams does continue to fall. Yeah, trade trade back up, but at thirty three, I think there's going to be some defensive talent left in the board because that's the bulk of this draft is is that that defensive talent spot. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, who's that guy going to be? I think it's going to be somebody that falls. It could be Jordan Davis because mm-hmm. teams are going to be scared off of, you know, oh, he's a nose tackle. Well, he's pretty athletic for a nose tackle. That could help because mm-hmm. the Jaguars could definitely always – you never can have too much bulk on your defensive line. But my ideal scenario – it would be obviously a Devin Lloyd and a Kobe Dean. If either one of them gets out of the first round, I think the Jaguars go to sleep like a baby knowing that they they have their guy at linebacker. Uh, Quay Walker, I'm not necessarily in love with, but again, he's another Georgia guy with all the athletic traits in the world that you know the Jaguars could easily slide in as that you know that base package linebacker, and he grows into something more because he does have the athletic ability to do it. So the Jaguars definitely, I think that 33rd pick is going to end up being defense. I think it's going to be a linebacker more than likely because that is the biggest need on this roster. You can't get it done at one. So more than likely it's that best interior linebacker on the board, and that's where they go. I don't see a need at corner right now, not at 33. Safety, you could convince me. But I think right now with the investment with Rayshon, I don't think there's a need for a safety. I, but I do have questions about, you know, the Jaguar safety situation. But is a guy at 33 necessarily going to come in and rework that? No. No, no. It's an interesting. And, in, in, you know, Todd McShay of ESPN's two-round mock this week, he's got Kyler Gordon of Washington, the cornerback, going with that 33rd pick. Yeah, so a little bit different of a um, of a of a vantage point than both of us in that second round. What do you I do don't know what he's looking at there though because uh, if I'm looking at this Jaguars roster and I'll I'll give you I'll give him credit. The Jaguars need a lot. 
But yeah. cornerback, to me, is not a need. I mean, they just signed Darius Williams to a big contract, brought him home. You, you had Tyson Campbell at the end of last season. Now, given that was a, another coaching staff, but Campbell showed progress. And he was a, what, he was a second-round pick second last rounder, year. Second-round pick, la- the, the 33rd pick last year. And he showed progress once they started to switch the scheme. And, you know, people here believe in him and think that – and Trent Bulky's still around. So Trent pay, made the pick. And then you just paid Shaquille Griffin. So could you say, oh, well, maybe you get from underneath Shaquille Griffin's contract? I, I don't want to go into the salary cap ramifications or something like that. The Jaguars are too young of a roster, and Shaq is an extremely good in-locker room leader. They're not in a position – that they can start sacrificing leaders for yeah. cap space right now, and I don't think that's. I I think uh, you're. I think your two corners. I mean, starters right now. You're going into the season. It's got to be Tyson, and I think it's Shaq on the outside. You put Darius Williams in the slot. In the slot. In the slot. You um, got to. I think you're you're in good position with those three. Great, no, but I think you're in a uh, in a in an above average position at corner, uh, just with those three guys right there that right. we're talking about. Right. I think. Uh, I think the biggest need right now on that defense is linebacker. You can always add to that defensive line because there are contracts that they could move on from, like Malcolm Brown, not necessarily a lock. I'd have to look at Roy Robertson Harris's. He's probably pretty close, pretty safe. Uh, Devon Hamilton's had some injury issues, but I mean they've just brought in Foley to compete with him. Uh, Foley's probably your starter there, Fatu Kasi. Mm-hmm. So I mean you got some big guys there, but again, it, it this a lot of this is predicated on what Mike Caldwell's scheme looks like, and because he's a first-time defensive coordinator, I just have such a hard time figuring out exactly what he wants to fit his scheme. Because you, you can say, all right, well, what did Todd Bowles have? Todd Bowles' defenses have ranged mm-hmm. so wide throughout his yes. career that it's really tough to put a thumb on exactly what he, you know, what Mike Caldwell would pick up from this guy. So, I mean, I think Mike's going to come in and say, you know, we're a hybrid defense and we're going to figure out who the best guys we have are and put them on the field to be successful. That's great, but what does he feel like he needs right now? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I think that's why he was very careful to say in his introductory press conference that um, he's going to look at his players, he's going to see what he has, and uh, you're going to. I think you kind of, uh, in a situation like that, you let your your personnel dictate what you can run, and I right. think that's that hybrid defense that you mentioned. Um, I don't know if Jacksonville right now is that that traditional three four defense. No. I, I mean, who do you, who do you have down there on on the defensive line in that three four? That's where Jordan I mean, Davis would fit great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, you you put Foley at nose. You put Malcolm Brown at end like he was last year, even though that's not his ideal position. And then you put uh, Roy Robertson Harris at the other end. Um, not a lot of depth on no. that defensive line. Again, that's why I said you know thirty three. You can convince me that Jordan Davis would work because. He's a guy who you, you think, you know, could play the nose. He has the athletic ability and length where, you know, he could anchor just like Malcolm Brown can anchor on an end. And you hope that Aiden Key and Josh Allen and Dewan Smooth come in there and get you the pass rush. And maybe, you know, Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker, whoever the pick is, uh, bolsters the pass rush from there. I, I do like that Arden Key signing. I think with he revitalized his career in San Francisco last year, and if you notice – he played all over that defensive front, yeah. um, and that is good, I think, for a Caldwell defense that wants to be hybrid, changes looks, um, attack the quarterback from from all the areas. And I do like that that signing of Arden Key as a guy with a chip on his shoulder, was a bust after uh, he was a, an early draft pick, and then moved on to San Francisco uh, and did well. And we saw him against the Jaguars last year, and he had a, a very good game. So um, I do like that signing, and I think that that gives Caldwell's defense a little bit of flexibility. 
I don't know if they're that that traditional three four defense with that personnel they have now. I just don't see those uh, those big guys on the defensive line. I think you need a little bit more um, if you want to be that three four big guy in the line kind of defense than they have there now. Mm-hmm. I think that hybrid defense is is a model that works well for Jacksonville. Here's my thing with Key, and this uh, you're not the first person that I've heard say that they really liked him. I mean, we've had multiple people, and I, my worry is a young pass rusher doesn't come cheap. A young pass rusher that the league believes in don't come cheap. He's on a one-year, basically nothing contract. Young pass rushers that the NFL believes in do not show up on one-year nothing contracts like that. So that tells me that the other 31 teams in the league had nothing better to offer (laughs) than that. So I I get, like, his stats with the 49ers looked great. And he did play, he slid inside on some third downs, got some sacks. I understand why, you know, there's a reason to be excited or or think he could be, he could contribute here. But what worries me is he's not old. And he did show some potential in San Francisco, but yet – the best deal he could get is a one-year pennies-on-the-dollar contract in Jacksonville. Like, it, th- that worries me. Yeah, and you could say that, too, about Evan Ingram. You know, another one of their free agent signees at tight end. I mean, he well, took it a one-year. Ingram one year. got more money, though. Yeah, he did and, get more money. Ingram got more money. Ingram has, has an, a long injury history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and never produced. And what Evan's betting on is that he's going to show up, have Trevor throwing him the ball, say Trevor's the best quarterback I've played with since Eli, and, you know, stay he- hope he mm-hmm. stays healthy. And, and shucks, I'd, I'd be willing to say right now, Doug Peterson's the best offensive coach Evan Ingram's ever yeah, had. Yeah, that's, and that's so, not saying much for him. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he's betting that Doug Peterson's going to help him put up big numbers because tight ends and Peterson's offense typically do. So I like I get I get where Evan Ingram's coming from, but again, you know, um, even then, tight ends not not necessarily coming up with big contracts, but not any that play not, in not, Jacksonville. Not not any <laughs> that play, play with play in Jacksonville. But Evan Ingram's a, a tight end that has wide receiver size at yes. best. I mean, he walked in, and I mean, Christian Kirk walked into the room right behind him. I was like, they they look exactly the same size. That's crazy. you know, so Evan, yeah, you know, Evan Ingram's not a big guy to say he's a tight end. So you know, when he already had injury issues, I get he's a former first round pick. But the key signing to me just worries me. I mean, he was a late free. It wasn't even like it was like day one. He he was looking for a deal, and it didn't materialize. So that. That worries me. I, and not, not worries me as if he can contribute. I just don't know if he's going to have, be this splashy, high upside signing. Yeah, I, and I think of him in, in terms of a, uh, of a guy like a Dewan Smoot kind of player, um, that rotational guy who can come in and play. I mean, Dewan Smoot's not been a starter. No. No, and he, he's, I mean, he's second on the team at Sacks last year. Yeah. So I think if an Arden Key can come in and um, – be that Dewan Smoot kind of role in in a one year deal. That's I like the signing because it was it's it's not a splash signing. Um, it's a depth kind of signing, but I do like it. I think he could be a um, in that Dewan Smoot role. I think he could be that that five six seven sack a year kind of guy. Um, and the Jacksonville's defense needs those kind of players more than anything. And I think they need um, again. This brings it back to the Hutchinson thing. I think they need a pass rusher opposite Josh Allen, not a Dewan Smoot type, a guy who starts with Josh Allen who scares the opposing quarterbacks and offensive linemen. And I think that unlocks Josh Allen's potential with a guy like Aiden Hutchinson in the lineup. And I think that's why they go with him, number one. Okay, so we've started to transition away from the draft a little bit. So I, I want to throw something out there, and this is just odd, and I, I'm, I still haven't put it all together. 
So let's say they do take Evan Neal, just for sake of conversation here. Let's say Evan Neal's the pick at number one, and then um, at 33 in the rest of the draft, they do whatever they're going to do. There's still a need on this roster for some defensive help, especially Mm -hmm. in the front seven. Calais Campbell's still a free agent. He doesn't have the pass rush juice he once had, but, I mean, would you be interested in bringing him in to help bolster that defensive line a little bit? If, if you're Calais, though, do you want to go finish out your career in Jacksonville with no shot at winning a Super Bowl before you retire? Ah, see, the, 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 would he want to come back and be the mayor again? Yeah. I mean, he, he there are worse places to play That's than true. Jacksonville, you That's know? True. I mean, and maybe Doug Peterson's the reason that can, is what can convince him. No, the Super Bowl wouldn't come before Calais retires, but, you know, he had some good times with this team. He really didn't want to leave originally, mm-hmm. and maybe he comes back. I mean, he, at this point, he's still on the street, so... You know, the if he's looking for one last payday, the Jaguars probably have close to yeah, the most cap space. Yeah, you know? Maybe at least a one-year deal for the mayor. Um, now, now, I have a question about, you know, you're talking, you know, Jacksonville is not a win-now franchise. No. We, I think there's at least another draft before this team can considerably, in the best-case scenario, I think it's 2023 before this team is even whispering you know, playoffs legitimately, and, and that, that's provided things go well this season. Trevor makes that next step. Okay. Do you take a guy like David Ajabo in that second round? I'm you, not. I wouldn't mind it. You stash so him. It, the, the, you take a David Ajabo. I, I could do, if you if you go Evan Neal at one. Yeah. I, I'm conceivably I on board for Ajabo at 33, and I don't have a problem with that because Doug Peterson has job security. Trent Baalke has a little bit of job security. I hate to tell y'all, um, but so these guys, these aren't people that are on the hot seat. If they go out and win six games this mm-hmm. year, like the fan base, realistically, is going to be okay. Um, and then, honestly. When I look around the AFC South, I'm not that scared. So do they have a tough road to get there? Do they have a lot of things they have to fix? Yes, 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 yes. Is it possible, like conceivable, that you tell me that they finish or are at least battling for the AFC South late in the season? Yeah, it's very very plausible. Mm -hmm. Like, Houston's bad. At this point, you think if Doug Peterson's your guy, he's a Super Bowl winning coach, he should be able to coach them to wins and winnable games. That should give you two wins against Houston. Uh, Then you go to Indianapolis. Matt Ryan, before Matt Ryan, I was writing them off as two more wins. Matt Ryan's going to at least give you a run for your money. Uh, So let's, but the Jaguars have at least had the Colts number in Jacksonville. So let's say you, you split it with them. So you're at three wins right there. And then you got the Titans. Now, what Ryan Tannenhill shows up against the Jaguars? Yeah. That's your big question. Because if the Ryan Tannenhill that we seen late in the season last year shows up this year, you know, you could plausibly say that they at least split with the Titans. I mean, that's four wins right there. And, you know, at that point, the AFC South's really just eating itself. Mm-hmm. Um so, who knows? Uh, if Trevor Lawrence shows up and Doug Peterson can get the most out of him. I, I look at it this as could this. Be a, Doug, Urban Meyer got this team two wins. Yes. Urban Meyer got this team two wins, okay? I think, and, and, I mean, Jacksonville, threw, what, 3-14 and 14 last year. Terrible. Mm-hmm. First season, 17 games. I think Doug Peterson, as a coach and his staff, are worth at least two more wins than that. I think Doug Peterson can get this team with a year older Trevor Lawrence with a better roster. I think that two two wins should be the the baseline. Two additional wins should be the baseline. Yeah. Um, for what this team can accomplish. I mean, um, 
five, I don't think they're going to be happy with five and twelve. Um, I'm, but I'm sitting at seven, six or seven right six now. Six or seven, okay. Because I, I really think Doug Peterson and Press Taylor are going to have to earn their checks because the Jaguars don't have that alpha wide receiver, but I really like the collection that they mm-hmm. have. Like I, Marvin Jones isn't a lock for the roster because of his contract, but I like Marvin. I like I, LaVishka Chenault had some drop issues last year, but if he sticks around, he's never hasn't had drop issues his entire career. I like LaVishka. I really like what we saw from Jamal Agnew, and I think Doug Peterson and Press Taylor are sitting there like, this is a guy that we can use a little bit. Mm-hmm. So now you got that guy. You've just brought in Zay Jones, another sure-hander receiver. You just brought in Christian Kirk. I mean, we're five deep right there, and I haven't even started to get into They brought Laquan Treadwell back, who seemed like him and Trevor were at least on the yeah, same I page late in the year. I mean, he so, should be a—I mean, Laquan Treadwell was a number two last year at yeah. the end of the season. That shouldn't be the case. He should be a, a he four. He should be a four guy. He should and be I'm, a four. And I was—I'm totally happy with him. I thought he showed a lot last yes. year in his time. They brought him back for a reason, and I like Laquan Treadwell if he's your fourth or fifth guy. So you've got those six guys in your wide receiver room right now, plus the tight end situation, which we saw Dan Arnold can catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Evan Ingram has high upside. I mean, if you, in a perfect world, does Evan Ingram outplay Dan Arnold and earn oh, that starting job? Oh, absolutely. yes. In a perfect world, could Evan Ingram be in for a big payday next offseason? Oh, yes. So, I mean, you start talking about some of the weapons, like it's not an ideal situation, but James Robinson's in the backfield, and he should be ready to go at some point before the season starts. Travis Etienne is expected to be ready for off-season, OTAs. So you get Etienne back, who, before he got hurt, looked good. Mm -hmm. And this was in the Urban Meyer, Etienne's a wide receiver offense. So, (laughs) So with Doug Peterson, like, no, they don't have that, I got the defense has to double team him guys. So Doug Peterson and Press Taylor are going to have to game plan for these guys. But you have a lot of different pieces that you can get touches and put in different situations. Like I really like what we saw from Jamal Agnew as a receiver. Started in training camp throughout the year, but I don't think he's a high volume guy. I think he's a slide him in here kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let him sneak behind the defense, get the ball in his hands, and let him go. And you, you get him a few touches a game outside of kickoff returns and punt returns and and go from there. But, you know, same thing could be said for LaVishka Chenault. I think they have a similar – they're very different they're, players, but, but they have very volume, similar skill sets. Yep. You want to get each one of them like four – you know, try and get them three to four touches on offense a game. Yep. A lot of times close to the line of scrimmage and let them try and do the rest with their legs. I still say I would love to see LaVishka work on his deep routes because – I want that 250-pound guy one-on-one with a corner, you know, 30 yards down the field because he can do damage. But I'm not in love with the collection of talent because there's not an alpha, but it's a really good collection of talent. And if Doug and Press can get creative with these rotations and manage them properly, I mean, this could be a very interesting and tough defense for offenses or tough offense for defenses to keep up with because they'll have to constantly be keeping up with, oh, Who's on the field for this, you know, mm-hmm. play? And that's what's dangerous when you have so many guys that you can switch out. I mean, you've seen it from teams like Kansas City, like New Orleans, where they just throw, you know, four and five different, you know, packages of players at you. Or I mean, not four and five, nine, ten, you know, collections of players at defenses to where they're constantly trying to figure out who's on the field and how they should adjust. And that's how the offense can kind of dictate the pace. Yeah, and I kind of go back to we talked about this before free agency and after. You know, they did address – I mean, Christian Kirk 
Zay Jones, you know, Christian Kirk at, at his high ceiling. I think he's a 1B kind of receiver. Mm-hmm. Zay Jones is probably a 3 um, at his ceiling. You didn't address that glaring alpha hole at receiver. You've got, as you mentioned, you've got six or seven guys in that receiver room. And who's the, who's the, the stud in that room right now? Who is it? You, I don't know if you have one. I mean, you've got you've got a cast of guys in there, and I and maybe it'll come during training camp, and we'll see a guy emerge in, in preseason. But I do think what you uh, limited yourself in free agency by not getting a guy like an A. Rob, who is a definitive number one guy um, mm-hmm. with size, with speed, he's done it in some awful offenses before. Um, I think you limited yourself, and that's why I do think you have to address that. Obviously, not with a first pick, but I do think that's where the symmetry with Jalen uh, Jamison Williams comes in. If you could somehow get him, to me, he's that alpha kind of guy you need on your roster. He will and be. What better way to get a a guy, a cost control guy like that, with a fifth year option in the draft, um, and package him with Christian Kirk and possibly Marvin Jones, Zay Jones? I think that if you can possibly get a Jamison in the draft, Jamison type player. Um, and, and let him be your alpha. Uh, let him be your guy. I don't know if Sky Moore is the guy. He's another guy like a Christian Kirk, a little bit of an undersized guy, uh, a burner. But nonetheless, I, I still have questions. Who's going to be that alpha catching passes from Trevor? Right, and they, they don't have that go-to yet, and you just hope that Trevor can be that Chris Paul kind of point guard mm-hmm. at quarterback and, you know, at the end of the game, they're like, Trevor Lawrence has completed passes to nine different targets today. <laughs> I mean, that's what you're looking for right now because you don't have that one guy. Now, the one thing, if you pick a receiver, you know, we start running out of roster spaces. Mm-hmm. So it either LaVishka's got to be dealt or Marvin's got to be cut. I mean, if you start bringing in more, somebody's got to go. Yeah, and I think it's. And a, that's, I think that's the only where, way you do that is if you can seriously upgrade that position. I mean, yes. right now you've got a cast of, of guys. Um, and I think the, the separation will come during training camp. Uh, but I just don't see that high, high, high-end potential from it, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, and, not there. and whatever guy you trot out as the number three, be it Zay or LaVisca. Uh, I, do, I think it's a, a collection of guys. Um, I think Jamal Agnew pri- probably kind of drifts back to that kickoff return guy in, in an upgraded Jaguars receiver uh, receiving court. And I think you get a Jamison Williams, and I think that becomes a seriously scary-looking bunch. Yeah, I think you – you switch out that slot role receiver based on the packages. I mean, Evan Ingram's going to line up in the slot mm-hmm. some. Jamal Agnew could line up there. LaVishka Chenault will line up there. Dan Arnold's going to line up there. You're going to see a lot of different pieces thrown at you. You know, one of the kind of lost names in this bunch is Chris Manhurts. He is by no mean a lock for this roster, and he caught Trevor Lawrence's first, first career touchdown, touchdown yeah, pass. Trivia question and, there. Yeah, this is a trivia question. Caught Trevor Lawrence's first career touchdown pass, might not be on the roster the next season. Was well, a terrible free agent signing last was year. Was a terrible, terrible free agent signing Who, last year. Jacksonville needed a pass catcher in the worst way, and they go out and sign a tight end with uh, all of about 12 career receptions. Yeah. Uh, terrible. And then he goes out and catches Trevor's first touchdown pass. So no. Nothing well, made sense last year. If anybody put money on that one in the sports, book i want to talk to you because you saw something that no one else did oh goodness all right well we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up we'll have more content coming your way before the nfl draft but we'll have to see exactly what the jaguars do thanks for tuning in for another news for jags podcast we'll see you next time